lunch break i am i'm actually walking in the middle of the street oh good it sounds like you're outside are you getting a uh, gross hot dog actually i already ate lunch what did you have i had uh turkey and broccoli oh shit but on so, no bread though correct correct no bread just turkey broccoli and i sprinkled a little mozzarella cheese on it that's it are you are you still on a diet Kind of. Like, it's all part of, like, my, uh, my attempt to just kind of live a little healthier. I find okay. that uh, when, I, when I just kind of, like, look, if I eat healthy, I'm going to feel better. I know I'm 35 and I just realized this shit, but it's kind of how I'm going with life. I'm just going to try to eat healthy and live better and deal with my crippling bread allergy. <laughs> Welcome to MMA and Stuff on HalfGuarded.com. My name is Matt. That is Mike. Uh, this is a special edition. We're going to call this a lunch break edition. We're going to try and bang this out in... One hour as opposed to the usual two to three that we have become known for here. Uh, this past weekend, we had uh, a couple shows. There was a Bellator show. Do you remember that? I kind of do. Okay. Uh, it took place in Boise, Idaho at the CenturyLink Arena on September 21st. In the main event, AJ McKee, Antonio's son, defeated John Macapa. With a knockout. knockout. Oh, yeah. First round. I think that was the first round. Yeah. Just a brutal, like a right, like it wasn't even like a right hand. It was just like a shitty strike thrown by somebody that doesn't really know how to strike the moment, but it worked. Yeah. McKee's 12 and 0 now um, with all his fights in Bellator. Um, No big names on his resume or anything like that, but he's he's always looked good. A lot of finishes, a lot of knockout wins. Um, There's potential there. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, He's got the pedigree. He's got the name. He could be, uh, I don't know, maybe he could be Bellator's version of Kerry Von Erich. <laughs> maybe. There is a resemblance. I uh, mean, I, I, I always hear people telling me, is that Kerry Von Erich I see in there? I say, the small little black guy? They said, yeah. I go, boy, I know you don't see color, man, but you're pretty stupid. In the co-main event, Rafael Lovato Jr. defeated John Salter with a rear naked choke at 427 of the third round. Um, Kind of a dull fight. Salter actually got a couple takedowns. uh, Not much going on on the feet. And then Lovato just took uh, control on the ground in the third and got the choke, which I think most people would have guessed was the way this fight would go. Yeah, this fight was uh, a piece of shit. I I watched most of it and fast forward. It was just like... Two, two men who don't know how to strike, trying to strike. Then in the third round, it looked like Salter tried for a takedown for whatever reason. And uh, all credit to Lovato Jr. He used his hips, came in real heavy, forced his way to mount. And honestly, from there, it was an embarrassing display from Salter. I mean, I know Lovato Jr. is a god on the mat and all, but still, he just got tooled. Uh, that said, uh, Lovato, Lovato Jr., horrible ground and pound. He was just like throwing like the lightest punches in the world, and yet... Salter looked like he was getting hurt by them. So I don't know what the hell was going on. Uh, Veda Ortega defeated Denise Kielholtz by uh, standing guillotine at 424 of the second. Yeah, I saw the uh, replay. Patricky Frere, one of the Pitbull brothers, defeated Roger Huerta by knockout at 43 of the second. Oh, that was Huerta. Okay. Like, I would just kind of, like, fast forward. I'm like, I think there's a knockout here. And I'm like, oh, there's a knockout. And then I kept fast forwarding. Yeah. Roger Huerta's not that old. But fights <laughs> like he's really old and uh, probably shouldn't be doing this anymore. He's, like, what, 36? I think he's 35. Fuck. Let me check. Uh, That's 30, pretty young. 35. Damn. Yeah. I mean, if, that, if you haven't done anything in your life by 35, though, you're probably doomed. Uh, I would think so. Maybe yeah. he could eat better. Uh, I think he needs to and do a lot of other things better. <laughs> and like that fight. is your uh, Bellator. We got to get this right for historical purposes. Bellator 205 review. Uh, there was also a fight night 
this was uh, Tiago Santos versus Eric Anders uh, from Sao Paulo, Brazil, the biggest city in Brazil. Uh, attendance was 9,485 on September 22nd, which was Saturday night. In the main event, Tiago Santos defeated Eric Anders by TKO, ref stoppage at the end of the third round. This was a good fight, a lot of action. Anders came in, I believe, on six days' notice, uh, flew into Brazil and took this fight against a real fighter in Santos, a veteran guy. Anders, um, I think, was a SEC football player or something, and um, I think he played for Alabama. And it is relatively new to MMA, had a good showing here, but just gassed out at the end of the third. It was really weird. The fight probably should have been stopped earlier. Anders was taking all these elbows to the head as he was going for a takedown and couldn't get up at the end of the third. He, he got up for a second. He was laying on the ref at one point. He staggered. He fell down. Then, like, after 30 seconds, the ref waved it off. But this fight was clearly over with a, a few seconds left in the third. Yeah, it was weird. Well, uh, like, I... I... I don't think the ref stopped. I think the bell sent, rang. The bell rang, and then, yeah. yeah. And then he yeah. couldn't then, continue. Like, yeah, and then after he flopped around like a fucking fish on the, you know, in the middle of uh, <laughs> Iowa or something like that, then the referee finally like, I don't know. I don't know if this guy can continue. Like, honest goodness, like, he stood up, fell down. They got up again, fell down, and the referee still wasn't calling it. I'm like, what the fuck has got to happen here? It was pretty, he It was bad. It was one of those things where it was like, like you were concerned for somebody's safety, which, I mean, obviously it's MMA and cage fighting. It's dangerous, but it's one of those where I'm like, is this guy having a Dada 5000 triple heart attack in the middle of this fight? Nobody really is paying attention, knows what's going on. Because he even, like, after the bell sounded, he kind of <laughs> rolled over onto his back and was literally leaning on the ref's legs. And the ref kind of just moved away and he fell down. And then the yeah. ref kind of went to the other corner, Santos' corner, and then he stumbled around, like you said. It, it, was, it was a weird, a weird finish, and Anders clearly uh, was gassed out and maybe concussed, too. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't tell if he was stumbling because he was tired or from the concussion or whatever it was. Either way, I mean, he clearly couldn't continue. <laughs> but uh, it's Brazil, and, uh, you know, there's a reason why Brazilians are violent people. They like to go until someone dies. In the semi-main event, Cowboy Alex Oliveira defeated some guy named Carlo Pedersali by TKO at 39 seconds of the first. Yep. Uh, Little Nog beat Sam Alvey uh, by TKO a minute into the second. Yeah, it's good to get knocked out by a Noguera. <laughs> that, always, that, always says, that always speaks real well for your fucking career. Not just a Noguera. A Noguera who is literally, let's see, with 2018... Uh, at least 15 years past his prime, at least, and who is like regularly held up as one of the examples of this is what happens to you if you fight too much in a cage. Yeah, that guy beat you, Sam. I know you got a supermodel wife and all, but geez Louise. Yeah. Um, Little Nog hasn't been real active. He, he fought twice in 2016, not at all in 17, and this is his first fight back since like essentially two years. But he's did 40. He, did he have a suspension? Yeah, he. I think he got popped around the same time as JDS, if memory serves me. But it was like uh, right. one of those ones where they said it was a tainted supplement, so he came back sooner. I think it's going around. <laughs> a lot of those tainted supplements out there. Uh, it's weird. You'd almost think that. Uh, oh, look, honestly, the only reason they could be tainted is it is an unregulated uh, industry. So perhaps uh, the unregulated supplement industry in Brazil not quite up to the American FDA standards. Uh, in a catchweight fight, Andre Yule defeated Hennon Burrell, who came in uh, five pounds overweight by split decision, 29-28, 29-28, and 28-29. Uh, Hennon Burrell, not, not real good at fighting anymore. No, he should be uh, fired, I think. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, what's the point of this guy? Also, I, I, I wonder if he's a, yet another classic example where you could probably trace the the downfall of his career to roughly around when USADA started getting prominent? It does seem to be a bit coincidental. Uh, Burrell had been fighting at featherweight for a while and was back at 135 and this weight by five pounds. And then he beat to this, lost to this guy who had never fought in the UFC, doesn't have a Wikipedia, Wikipedia page, came in on short notice. Um, not, not a good look for old Haddon. Uh, 
No, I would say, again, he should be fired. He's got Bellator written all over him. I was thinking PFL. Uh, uh, nah, he's got that. He's got a Brazilian thing, and Bellator likes to grab some of those loser Brazilians. <laughs> Ronda Marcos and Marina Rodriguez went to a majority draw in the opener on Fox Sports 1. God damn, I'm sorry I missed that one. In the prelims, uh, Charles Oliveira defeated Christy Gagos by rear naked choke submission, setting the record for most submissions ever in the UFC. I think he's got 11 now. That's incredible when you really think of what of a, of a guy who has essentially been considered a washout in a, in a disappointment at this point in his career, setting a record like that. Well, the he, record previously previously held by Hoist Gracie, I believe. Well, the scary thing about um, Oliveira there is he's only 28. He debuted in the UFC super young. Like Yeah, um, he was he was real young. He was like 20, five. 19 or 20, I think. And he was training like out of Houston or whatever at the time. So uh yeah, he's had a long time here in the United States, so uh he should have picked up some of our, our, our great mental skills that we have, but he hasn't. So we can uh, once again pretend like, oh yeah, maybe this is the old Charles Oliveira or whatever. He's going nowhere. He's got um he has twenty one fights in the UFC. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. It's funny shit like that you don't realize, you know? Um, Man, the world just, the world got old in a hurry. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, also, Francisco Trinaldo defeated Evan Dunham by TKO with a knee to the body. After the fight, Evan Dunham retired. Oh, shit. I should go back and watch that then. <laughs> watch him lose on the way out? Yeah, I mean, it's Evan Dunham. I, I feel like there's some... Some of these fighters, we're going to say it, white guys who are ugly from the Midwest, who you want to, like, watch their last fight is like, a, hey, thanks for taking an ungodly amount of punishment in your career. You weren't very good, but you were entertaining in your own way. Ryan Spann defeated Luis Henrique. Augusto Sakai defeated Chase Sherman by TKO. Uh, on Fight Pass, Talis Latis defeated Hector Lombard, and Talis Latis also retired after this one. Wait, Latis won the fight, though? Yep, unanimous decision. Well, good for him. I, he was always uh, – I mean, Talos Latis has been uh, a long-time favorite of mine, like going back well over a decade now. I, I always liked him when he came in, and uh, he actually kind of had a decent enough career. Challenged for a title, had a couple main events. You really – if you're a pro, pro fighter and you have a career like Talos Latis, you can't be too sad with yourself, even though you retired on, like, the opening fight on fucking UFC Fight Pass Brazil or some shit. <laughs> What if, um, that, that is like the, that is the definition of an ignominious ending to your life fun or your career at least. Fun stat for you here. I know you like uh, stats. Stats like fun. this. Hector Lombard falls to o six and one in his last seven. The one was a no contest that was overturned because he tested positive for steroids against Josh Berkman. Again, um, he should join Hen and Burrell. <laughs> Go back to Bellator. He could fight Robbie, uh, Rory McDonald or something. Yeah, th- that one screams USADA also. Yeah, it's, that's going around. It's weird because um, for some people, USADA really seems to adversely affect their careers, and yet others, no impact at all. I mean, and then there's other guys who it seems to help their career. I don't know, which is maybe John Jones. So, yeah. I uh, think you can only say that USADA, is, USADA has only been a net gain in John Jones' life. If that was like a real commission, they probably maybe he would have been suspended for more than a grand total of like nine months in the past three years. Hector Lombard had like 20-something straight wins before he signed with the UFC. Then he lost to Tim Bosch, lost to Yushin Okami, then is on the six-fight losing streak. Neil Magny knockout loss, Dan Ooh. Henderson knockout loss, Johnny hey. Hendricks decision loss, Anthony hey. Smith knockout loss disqualified for illegal punches against C.B. Dalloway and then <laughs> loses to Talos Latis. You know, what's great is that he's got a, when like most of your losses are to people who are either now retired or, or fighting in bare knuckle boxing matches, you probably should give, you should hang it up. And when I say hang it up, I mean he should actually hang up his gloves and join Johnny Hendricks in bare knuckle boxing. That would be fun. And uh, bonuses, fight of the night went to Santos Anders, and performances of the night went to Little Nog and Charles Oliveira. Uh, in boxing news, Anthony Joshua, a uh, heavyweight from Great Britain, uh, won in seven rounds by knockout against a guy named Alexander Povetkin. Yep, okay. 
Joshua's often been talked about as a, a potential big heavyweight star in the States. He hasn't really moved over here yet. But uh, I believe um, this fight aired on the Zone, if memory serves me right. Um, I'm seeing a lot of I'm seeing a lot of the Zone advertised these days. There's some other big boxing match coming up on it, I think. Well, they've also got that Bellator show this weekend. Is that this weekend? Yes, sir. Oh shit! It is September. Yeah, huh. it's been September. Yeah, the last 26 days. Yeah, look at that. Uh, Snuck up on you. Then I will be uh, subscribing with my free one month subscription to watch DAZN. Oh, yeah. I don't think I'm going to bother. I don't know. It depends on what I have to do. Like, if there's something on TV I want to watch or a good rerun, maybe I won't. I, I but. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to pay for that. I just can't make myself pay for that. Oh, I would It's not even that I don't have the money. I just, like, it just seems wrong to me. Bellator should be free. It's not good Some, enough. Look at Mr. Braggy Brag here. I got the money for the zone. hundred What is it? Ten bucks? Ten bucks. I I could scrounge up 120 bucks this year for the zone. So could you? Anybody could. I could stop buying my kids organic milk and just get regular milk and make up the difference. It'd be fine. Yeah, but then one day when uh, your children are allergic to bread, you'll regret that. Maybe. Uh, Bread 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 allergies are are also tied to uh, dairy allergies. Yeah, they're all near the eggs in the supermarket. They're all they're all having fun. It's like some sort of fucking cow chicken orgy thing or whatever. It's really weird. And they're fucking they're fucking like the grains of wheat or something. Sure, something. Yeah. Uh, it, it's old news now, but we'd be remiss in not talking about it. Uh, last Thursday, I believe Thursday or Friday, the Conor McGregor Khabib UFC 229 presser took place. Um, it was rather intense. Uh, Connor was more amped up than normal. I don't know if he was under the influence of anything, uh, but he seemed to have a lot of energy. The conversations went to a few different places. Um, did you have any <laughs> major takeaways from, from this presser? Um, Connor's got balls the size of Big Ben. I mean, he, he might be a hero. Here, here's a, I felt like he was trying a little too hard. Like, I, I don't love Of course. That. That's Connor. But, no, I mean, sometimes back in the day when he was coming up early, like, and he was still, I don't know, like an everyday man, I guess would be the way to describe it. Um, when he was coming up for, like, the featherweight title, he seemed a little more reserved, I guess, or a little more genuine. This seemed like he was kind of play-acting a little bit, or he was coked up. I don't know which one. Um, well, he, he seemed like a kind of like, yeah, you're right. He definitely seemed like he was putting on a performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it was also kind of one of those real sad things where you, it's like, it's like when you see, like you see like an ensemble cast of anything, like stand-ups or whatever. And you just see one guy who's clearly working his ass off. It's like a pro wrestler. Like when you see like one guy taking all the bumps, then in the corner, there's this Kevin Nash sticking out his finger. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was really funny. I mean, it was interesting because, I mean, he put on a hell of a show. Could have been a better show. And then it got really, really awkward and uncomfortable. Time. I, um, he, he was pushing the proper 12, his whiskey, which we talked about last week. He uh, was drinking some during the presser himself. Uh, Dana took a swig. He also tried to get Khabib to drink some. Khabib refused. He says he doesn't drink. And Connor called him a backwards cunt. Yeah, and then that led to... <laughs> That, that, that led to uh, one of the what I think may have been like the most uncomfortable moment in the entire press conference was after Connor like bring, whips out his whiskey and he tries to get tries to get the devout and known to be devout Muslim man to drink it. He then then somebody in the crowd said to like Connor, congratulations on your whiskey. And then he says to uh, Khabib, he goes, Assalamu alaikum. And Khabib stopped him and goes, you're not allowed, you can't, like, thank alcohol and Allah on the same thing. Like, you and I think he, like, demanded he apologize for it or something. It was like, oh, oh, okay. He is, he's gonna take the bait. You go near the religion thing, Khabib's absolutely gonna bite. Yeah. It, it, it was, it was something else. Um, trying to think I mean, Connor, other... Connor, kept, Connor kept jumping around, talking about Allah this, and, and like, kind of mocking it. To the point, like, even I was going, whoa, 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 you're crossing the line here. 
Because all I could think of was like, it would be like if I was like running around going, hey, look at you, little Jewy. You're Jewy, Jewy, Jew. Jew, 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 Jew. You'd be like, wait, you can't fucking do that. And there he is going, Allah, 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 Allah. I'm like, oh, Connor, I know you want to get under his skin. And I think he did, but bam, you better win this fight because he could really hurt you. <laughs> he, uh, he kept going back to the bus incident um, from the Barclays Center and making fun of Khabib because he didn't get off the bus. You sat on the bus. You shit yourself on the bus. He kept going back to that uh, with the idea that Khabib's afraid of Connor, um, which I thought was always good. And Khabib came back at him a couple times about something about some message they had going back and forth. And um, it, it, it was good. Uh, Connor also probably treaded on some dangerous ground when he started bringing up Russian oligarchs like Magomedov and Putin. Um, Connor's got no fear, man. And he'll just go, go anywhere. It's like, even, even with um, Floyd Mayweather back in the day, it was like calling him boy and stuff. He's got, um, really no fear he'll go anywhere oh yeah like when he brought up that like that was like the first thing he did like the first thing he is just like hey you're an embarrassment to your russian evil countrymen or whatever he starts bringing up like all these <laughs> mobsters and all i could think is holy fuck there was a reason for somebody to place that bet like he the first thing he did was mention russian gangsters holy <laughs> fuck well the guy he was talking about magomedov apparently like bankrolled Khabib for a few years. He's a Russian oligarch who the Kremlin didn't like and said was embezzling money and was like racketeering or whatever the Russian version of that is. If the Kremlin thinks you're corrupt and arrests you, you must be doing some weird shit. Yeah, you probably just pissed. You probably just didn't give Putin enough of a share. Maybe. That, that could be. Um, that's so what, that, I, think that's, I think that's what it is. Yeah. So, yeah. So Connor mentions that guy. He also mentions Putin, which is interesting because Connor himself was taking pictures with Putin at the World Cup. I mean, Khabib didn't say anything about that. That would have been my comeback. Be like, you were taking pictures with Putin. And then he also brought up Kadyrov, who's um, the Chechen dictator. And Khabib's dad taking pictures at a mosque with him. He was just going after everything. It's like Connor either was fed these lines by somebody who's doing the homework for him, which is probably my guess. Um, I would take that job if Connor's looking for a replacement or he did it himself. I mean, there's two guys really who we've mentioned several times on here. Mike Russell. Mike Russell is after Ali Abdelaziz, who's uh, Khabib's manager. And then there's also Kareem Zidane, who does a lot of this Chechen, Dagestan, Bahrain sort of stuff. Um, My favorite reporter. It's that dude that found the, he found that one niche and somehow right time, right place, that fucking thing exploded with interest. Well, the other funny thing is the one person tied into Bahrain in Chechnya is Khabib's manager, Ali Abdelaziz, who Connor called out at the end of the presser. After Connor and Khabib um, you know, did the face to face stare down, Connor gets in his face and Ali yells something about Connor having both his belts at the presser, the featherweight and the lightweight title, which he's been stripped of supposedly. Connor brought both those belts. Ali says, Hey, why do you have both those belts? And Connor just went off on Ali. He called out like his estranged son, Noah, who he supposedly <laughs> Oh, owns. that's what that is. No, yeah. He's like, How's oh. Noah? Noah's Ali's other kid from another relationship who he has no contact with. And it was like $50,000 in back child support. Connor called him out for that. Um, Connor lives every man's fantasy. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I mean, we've been talking about Ali for, for years, literally years and how he's probably a scumbag and he might be have terrorist ties and he's this FBI informant and all this stuff. It's like nobody ever really picked up on it. Until Connor says something at this presser, now it's all over the place. And I hope Ali gets his comeuppance. Ali had fucking Frankie Edgar sew the Bahrainian flag to the American <laughs> flag and waving it around the octagon. Like it'd be one thing if it was like, like Frankie's uh, heritage. Demo- no, a Democrat, Democratic government or something. But it's like oh, these yeah. fucking dictatorial countries who are killing gay people and doing all sorts of fucked up shit that this guy is supported. And he's the only one who has like Akma MMA fighters 
in the UFC. He's their only manager. Malky Cow is not represent. Malky's a scumbag too, but he's not representing any of these terrorist nations. It's, it's fucking crazy. And Connor brings it up, and maybe it will finally come out and get some exposure, and some of these people will be um, dealt with. Well, what's great about Connor is that he's not even, I don't think he's 30 yet. And he's obviously got all the money you could ever want. And his, his job is to be the biggest badass that there, that there is. So he's this big badass with a loud mouth and all this money. Like, we have always wanted to be able to, like, say anything you want. But forget about saying what you want. He can say what nobody else will say. And he knows he can do it because he's got all the power. So he can look at these guys, and he doesn't have to play fair. He'd be like, oh, you really? You want to come at me? What about your fucking strange son, you dickbag? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And it's just like, wow, he can call everybody on their shit. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's, look, I'll say it. It's Trumpian. He's got all the power. He's just, he can say whatever he wants because he doesn't give a fuck what the repercussions are because he doesn't suffer them. Right. When you're sitting on a couple hundred million dollars, you don't have too much to worry about. Um, if you got fired and no one ever wanted to do business with you again, you would still be living better than all those people anyway. So who cares, I guess. And, and that's part of the reason. You know what? He's Again, I'll reference it. It's Trumpian in that all the things he does have always worked. You know, you can't really look at Connor Beck. You know, you really should you should fight differently or you should talk differently. You should do this and that. And he'd be like, fuck you, bitch. Last time I lost a fight, they gave me $20 million. Right. You know? Right. It's crazy. Um, last week we talked about John Jones, uh, 15-month USADA suspension. He looks like he's going to be back sooner rather than later. Uh, no fight has been announced for him yet. But uh, he's, he's, he's only got a month to go. He, Malki Kawa has come out from um, underneath the floorboards and went on uh, some media interviews the last couple days to defend John Jones's honor. And he said on Ariel Hawani's MMA show, I can just tell you without a shadow of a doubt that John did not tell on any teammate. John did not tell on anyone in MMA. John did not do anything that these people are saying he did. So all that, he's a snitch and all that stuff, we can put it to bed. He did not do that. There's other things that took place in here. <laughs> There's other things that John did with himself. There's things that USADA and the arbitrator and everyone involved got from John about John that they had never had before. Uh-huh. Yeah. It sounds like John Jones had his, as his final defense. Guys, I'm secretly Batman. Is that what I'm supposed to believe? Like, he's been, like, doing all this undercover secret work for basically on behalf of the government, and now none of us really know. That's the thing about John Jones. He's not only a good guy, he makes sure that he doesn't even brag about it. Like, that sounds, it's just, that's typical John Jones out there doing the right thing and not letting anyone know. Oh, yeah. You saw the rest- Although, I, I look, I'll give Milky a pass there. Like, that is his job, just to go out there and spin shit sometimes. And sometimes you're going to look like an idiot. But you got to be like, I'm taking one for the team on this one. John uh, definitely didn't do anything wrong here, guys. He's totally above board. You can trust me. Uh, Here's my 10%. USADA did have a response. Um, they repeated the agreement that Jones's reduction is contingent on his continued cooperation. Importantly, if the athlete or support personnel fails to continue to cooperate and provide credible, substantial assistance, USADA will reinstate their original sanction. These rules set out in 10.6.1.1 are crystal clear, and if they are not meant an individual would not be considered for a reduction based on substantial assistance. This reminds me of like one of my favorite scenes in all movies from the movie Basketball when they keep picking on the little dorky guy. He goes, you guys keep picking on me 13 or 14 more times. I'm out of here. That's what USADA is at this point with John Jones. Like, oh, yeah, no, no. If he, if he doesn't behave and, his, and, and the people around him don't behave, we promise that we're going to do something to him, maybe. Asked about Jones's cooperation requirement, Kawa said he is unclear on its limits, but he said Jones' contributions moving forward will be negligible. He laughed at a recent social media (laughs) message that stated Jones's teammate would be worried about the deal. Kawa, quote, said, it's not like John sits in a room somewhere and watches people do steroids, and then he's like, hey, man, guess what? My teammate over here is doing steroids. John goes and trains, gets his stuff, and he goes home. He doesn't take a shower there. He doesn't really hang out there. He comes in, does his thing, and he leaves. So he doesn't sit there and hang out like that 
or would know about anyone that does that. He doesn't do that. So when people say these things to me, it's a funny thing. I kind of believe that John doesn't hang around or be friendly. On the other hand, he also seems like exactly the kind of guy that would sit at the gym all day and just be a dick to people. He would just like, he would, it's also, it's Albuquerque. He's got nothing else to do there. I can see him just sitting there like on the mat, tripping people. Like, like guy, like new guys, like some 20 year old kid trying to train and John just gives him shit. Ah, I'm just teaching him a lesson. You know, gotta, gotta blood these young guys in here. It appears we're still in a search for a UFC 230 main event in November at MSG. Uh, in the last 24 hours, both Dustin Poirier and Nate Diaz have claimed that they will be fighting for the inaugural 165-pound championship <coughs> in the main event at MSG. On Twitter, Poirier wrote, um, it's been a long journey, but here we are. New York City, first ever 165-pound title in the UFC. Nate Diaz said, I'm happy to announce that I'm bringing a new weight division spelled D-E-V-I-S-I-O-N, to the UFC. I'll be fighting the main event November 3rd in New York City against Dustin Poirier for the first ever 165-pound belt super fighter division, again spelled wrong. I'm happy to be a part of history at UFC, at Dana White. Um, When asked about this, Dana White said that's not true and he's still working on a main event for UFC 230. Now, didn't this really start when Poirier kind of came up with the idea? It sounds like Nate was kind of reacting to what Poirier said. Poirier like did, a- did mention that uh, several days ago, that he, they should make it for a 165-pound title and make it the main event. Here's the thing that gets me about all of this. Um, the way they've shit and pissed on their titles, whether it's the 145-pound featherweight title with the women or whatever, all these interim belts, they've degraded the value of all these championships and the two biggest fights they've ever done are Connor versus Nate two fights at a catch weight where no belts were on the line were their two most successful shows ever. Uh, why? Yeah. Yeah. Why in maybe. God's name do they need to make a fake championship in a weight class that doesn't exist for this show to draw? I don't think this belt is going to add many buys. Um, it'd be one thing if they were going to like double their profits based on this, but I, I think they feel this need to have a title fight in the main event of a pay-per-view and are desperate for a title fight and will create a belt because they've got this idea in their head. But it, the, the belts don't... How many Demetrius Johnson title fights have drawn under 200,000 buys? Amanda Nunes fights... The belts don't mean much. It's the fighters. So why shit on your belts even more and make them less worth even less than they already are? It makes no sense. Well, okay, okay. Belts matter. It's just that they're not the only thing that matter. Like the the Connor fights with Nate are a good example. Like those fights did well, but part of that was because Connor was the champion and he got the he got some prestige and a credibility due to being champion at the time. So like they do, it does help a little bit. And honestly, Poirier and, and Diaz for a belt. I would I, that would actually give me a little more intrigue, just because it feels like something's at stake. Um, and let's face it, if they created a 165 pound title, there's like five women's divisions that are far less credible. So they might as well at this point. Like honestly, at least it's not an interim belt. Now they're just saying fuck it, and let's just create one. And then they should go out there and because um, I know that they are also talking about uh, Alexander Gustafson and Yoel Romero. Yes, for an interim light heavyweight title. Yeah. Ah, uh, see, see, that's their mistake. What they should do is have those, both those fights headline the show, one for the inaugural 165-pound title and one for the inaugural 195-pound title. Yeah. Just go belts. all the way. I, hey, let's face it. Wouldn't you rather see them if – if you told me that I was going to see uh, an interim light heavyweight title fight or the first ever 195-pound title fight, I'd choose a 195-pounder. Same with a 165 over another interim title because at least I know that there's enough guys, especially at 165 – would be like, oh, yeah, you're going to have name fighters fighting for this. You're not going to have to go dig up small, fat chicks and pretend like they can really fight. The thing is, though, they're not making um, this title because they think they need another weight class. They're doing it because they're desperate for a main event, and they think they have to have a title fight in the main event. My argument is... Well, we don't even know they if don't. they're... Ma- we, we don't know that they're actually making this weight class at we all. We don't. We're basing this it on Nate be- Diaz. What Nate Diaz said yeah, on Twitter. Like, this- 
Like, this is a weight class that may have just been invented by a known drug addict. Like, this is like <laughs> taking me seriously during, one, during my rants. Like, at a certain yeah. point, you got to be like, I don't really know if we should listen to this. Uh, but I like the idea that UFC, is just, they really don't have anything to do about this. Because say, say they say it's not a title fight. If I'm Nate, I just come out with a fucking belt and be like, yeah, it is. It's for the title. If you want to come take the title for me. And then just from now on, the fighters can disagree. Yeah, if you beat this guy with the title, you get the title. It might be a way more legitimate belt than anything else. It could be like uh, Kaz's title in ECW, the FTW title. Ex- and he could even call it the FTW that would title. That seems be like something he would say. A good gimmick, like an open weight title. You just fight against anybody, and whoever ends up with it is, is the best fighter in the world. That would be pretty good. Go. Go back to the old school UFC super fight champion. Yeah, what the hell? Um, yeah, I, I, I just think Nate Diaz is worth half a million buys now, and it doesn't matter if there's a meaningless title there or not, and I think it just bastardizes the titles more. That's all. Um, at, the, at this point, it's like complaining if you add one more dick to the gangbang. <laughs> Good analogy. Uh, yeah, and supposedly, like, Yoel Romero was injured and couldn't fight Borchina on that show, so he pulled out. Now he can fight Gustafson all of a sudden, which is interesting. Uh, in- injuries are tricky like that. <laughs> you know, they, they come and go. Maybe it's a weight thing. Maybe it's a weight thing. It could be. I mean, it'll be easier for him to make 205s, obviously, but when you pulled out a month ago and said, like, I think he said there was something fucked up with his eye or something, I think, was the issue. Um, Maybe he got some good dick pills and everything's been fixed. Dick pills cure eye problems, you know. I did not know that. Actually, they, they, they may, because I think the dick pills are a, vaso, uh, a vasculator. Uh, so, like, they uh, expand the uh, blood vessels and all that. And that might help with glaucoma or something. Uh, so, if you can't see, it's, so, if you can't see, you might actually need to start masturbating. UFC is Rabdul Razak Al-Hassan has been indicted for alleged sex assault while working as a bouncer. Uh, we're not even to the stuff portion of the show yet. Uh, Al-Hassan's coming off a knockout win against Nico Price. Looked really good. But apparently five... We can do stuff tomorrow. Eh, this is it. Five right. months before um, the welterweight fighter was... Um, five months before his fight he was freed on a $20,000 bail bond for a sexual assault charge. Um, Al-Hassan might not have even made the fight had a judge not granted a request to modify the terms of his bail so he could train and fight outside his hometown. Um, re- uh, reports say Al-Hassan, 33, was indicted on Monday on two counts of sexual assault. He's accused of driving home two intoxicated women and raping both of them inside one of oh. their homes. Oh, well, okay. So we're talking real rape now. Okay, yeah, this is a big one. <laughs> An arrest warrant affidavit uh, said the alleged victims, ages 20 and 22, were friends who attended a birthday party for a Fort Worth police officer at Varsity Tavern Bar, where Al Hassan worked as head of security. The 22-year-old Al Hassan to get them in, and Al Hassan agreed and returned for her phone number, which she gave him. The 20-year-old <laughs> said after the two consumed a lot of alcohol. 20-year-old lost sight of her friend and found her later in a utility closet making out with Al-Hassan. She said her friend was heavily intoxicated and didn't remember what had happened. The next thing the 20-year-old alleged victim remembers is arriving at her home and Al-Hassan carrying her friend into her bedroom. She believed Al-Hassan had left, but when she returned from getting a glass of water, he was standing in the corner of the room. It was then that Al-Hassan allegedly grabbed her from behind, shoved her face first into the bed, and raped her. So he got the uh, Volkan Uzdemir treatment, and uh, now he's going to get the Bill Cosby treatment. All right. Uh, yeah. What a piece of shit. What an absolute piece of shit. What a fucking asshole. I mean, I know this should go without saying, but I hope he dies, if it's true. If it's not true, I don't want him to die. Right. Um, yeah, th- there's more details in here, and it's not, it's not pretty. And we, we can skip them then. They don't help. Yeah. It involves vomit. Oh. And, mo- and more rape. And use condoms. Oh. Who uses a condom when you're raping somebody with your vomit? Huh. Yeah. Uh, the owner of Varsity Bar tells the paper uh, that Al Hassan quit working there months ago, claiming he was going through personal issues. 
Oh, well, I guess raping people is a personal issue. I would keep it to myself. Yeah, um, probably. I mean, I don't know. This new day and age, these kids with their Twitter and everything. In upcoming fight news, uh, we have a women's featherweight title fight. Um, the champion has been stripped, Nico Montagna, because she couldn't make weight. So uh, this is going to be Valentina Shevchenko versus Joanna Janjacek at UFC 231 on December 8th. Hey, they found the two biggest names they could. Well, you know what's funny about this one? Joanna's moving up and Shevchenko's moving down. Shevchenko's going to be the much bigger fighter. Like, I think Joanna's going to get fucked up bad in this fight. Say that again? Joanna's going to lose. Yeah, you're breaking up a little. You sound fine to me and I haven't moved. It's yeah. windy where you are. Are like, you in the Windy City? I'm sure it's me. Like, uh, I'm sure it's my fault. Good fight. Yeah, you want a smaller, uh, but maybe she's got, she'll be a little healthier at that weight. Maybe she'll be like uh, Javier Dos Anjos, where when you look at him at the higher weight, you go, oh, wait, no, he's just filled out, or she in this case. Because she does seem very, very drawn at 115. So perhaps at 125, she'll be a little better with a in her diet. <laughs> Women like sweets. Uh, also targeted for UFC 231 is Max Holloway versus Brian Ortega again. Sure, you know, let's go for it, guys. You'll get it eventually. And at UFC 232, we have Carlos Condit versus Michael Chiesa at welterweight, which will be Chiesa's first fight at welterweight, I believe. That feels like just a sad fight between two dudes It shouldn't be fighting anymore. Wow. Chiesa's not even that old. And he may be okay still, but he looks, he looks like a dude that shouldn't be fighting anymore. Mm. Like, he looks like he's just beat up by the years on the road. Uh, this weekend, we have Bellator 206, Musasi versus McDonald. This is Bellator's debut on the zone, I believe. Oh, yeah. In the United States, Canada, Germany, Austria, Switzerland, Japan, and Italy. Uh, you can get the zone apparently. Not is not Israel. How the fuck are they going to hit their core demographic? I don't know. Uh, this show is taking place on Saturday, September 29th at the SAP Center in San Jose, California. Uh, McDonald's obviously moving up in weight from welterweight to middleweight, I believe for the first time in his career. He never fought in the UFC at middleweight from what I can remember. Um, no. He was always considered like a big welterweight. So um, Musasi, very good middleweight. Was always a top ten middleweight for like the last decade, really. Um, yeah, I don't know how McDonald will do moving up. Musasi's looked good um, in his last few fights. I, I think he hasn't lost. He's won, I'm gonna say like five or six in a row. Yeah, he's coming off those wins. He left the UFC on a winning streak. Yeah, he's won seven he's seven in a row. That. Seven in a row. Yeah, problem is that he's boring and McDonald is boring. So these two may just go out there and do nothing. Yeah, this could be like that uh, the Rafael Lovato fight. Only for five rounds. That's really what I suspect it'll be. Maybe uh, Rory will. I think Rory will try to wrestle it and get it down. And he might do better than we suspect, just because at the higher weight, he may just need. He may have all that extra energy that he needs to really go all out with the grappling. Uh, but I'm kind of just praying on a hope and a wing and a prayer or whatever the fuck the saying is. The fight's gonna suck. Uh, Rory McDonald will become the second fighter ever to hold two Bellator championships in different weight classes. Can you name the other person, Mr. Coffin? Yeah, I have no idea what you just said, computer voice. Can you name the other fighter? This is a hell. How about now? Can you hear me Oh, now? there we go. Hello. And then I'm... Wait, maybe it's because I'm in front of that pole. Get off the pole. Okay, it's a little better now. Yeah. Okay. I think it is. Uh, a can you name the other fighter in Bellator history who's held two different championships in two different weight classes? Um, maybe. Uh, let's see. Uh, I wanted my first guess would have been Joe War Warren. Yeah, go with your first guess. All right, Joe Warren. Then. Correct. Good job. In the co-main event. Fighting at heavyweight, 
We have Quinton Jackson versus Vanderlei Silva. It's always good when you get two dudes. You tell them you can fight at whatever weight you want. Agree to something significantly heavier than what they should be at. And they're all also both very old and uh, coming off steroid suspensions or whatever it is. Your phone just beeped. Yeah, I got a text. I got another text. Yeah, this fight's going to suck, too. Actually, I don't know if it'll suck. I think it'll, it'll be sad. And I think, I, think, uh, I think Rampage wins. Okay. That's my, I'm going with him by knockout. Yeah, Vanderlei's, um might be shittier than Rampage at this point. He did get like dominated Rampage, by Chael Sonnen, who got choked out by Tito Ortiz. They both did, didn't they? Both who? Didn't, they bo- didn't both of these guys lose to Chael? I, did Rampage ever fight Chael? Didn't he just fight him? Oh, yeah. Wasn't that right, Chael's first opponent? Yeah, you're right. He took I mean, him down look, the, the whole thing, time. The thing, about, the thing about these two is that they're both garbage fighters now. But I would think that Rampage's problem is it's always been motivation and lack of care and all that. And I don't think that's changed. Whereas Vondelay's <coughs> got like he's got like physical neurological defects that I don't think allow him to get to get hit anymore. Right. And I think that's gonna that's gonna catch up to him here. Okay. Uh in the first fight in the welterweight Bellator tournament, we've got Douglas Lima versus Andre Koreshkov. Yeah, sure. Who gives a fuck? Aaron Pico versus Leandro Higo. A uh, big step in competition for Pico. Sure, I guess it is. Higo's pretty good. I think he, he might have even been a... Is he a champ? Not, nah, it doesn't sound like a champ. It sounds like a loser. He fought for the Bellator bantamweight title huh. and lost. He lost to Darian Caldwell okay. in his last fight. He's 18-4. and four. He's good. Well, I mean, if only Darian Caldwell has beat you, you must be good. Feel like you're being facetious. Perhaps. Carrie Melendez is uh, fighting Dakota Zimmerman. Gilbert Melendez's wife and, and a kickboxer in her own right uh, fought once before that I remember because she fought on that, that awesome show where they had like the double ring in the cage and everything. Yes. I don't know if she won or lost, but I know she was on it. Yes. And Dakota Zimmerman, um, daughter of George Zimmerman, I believe. Really? No. In the opener, Gaston Bolanos versus Isidro Gutierrez. Ooh, I've been waiting for that one. <laughs> and uh, that's pretty much it. You can see the prelim card on ParamountNetwork.com. When you're not even good enough to be on zone. Think about that. There's part of this show that's not good enough to be on their bullshit app. Hours. Hours worth. There's like 10 yeah. fights on the prelims. Awesome. I can't wait to see uh, the best that the San Jose amateur MMA community has to offer. Uh, it looks like Bill Cosby's going to jail for three to ten. These things happen. Uh, any thoughts on that? Uh, three years. I don't, uh, I don't know what he did. I didn't follow it close enough. Um, we've kind of talked about this stuff in the past. As far he supposedly as like, raped a bunch of people. Yeah, I mean, like, is, was he raping or was he, like, a product of his time? You know, like, and I mean that, like, semi-sincerely. I know. Like, I, I know. Not that it excuses him, but, like, I could see where, like, after a while he'd be like, well, what's the big deal? I ate the jello, jello pudding or whatever. And, I mean, I, honestly, I think three years, I would give him the lightest sentence possible. It's not because of who he is. It's because he's, like, an 83-year-old man. Right. There's no, like, there's no point. You don't put people that old in jail for a reason. There's no point. He's not doing anything. He's not a danger. You know, you give him something because victims deserve justice. But otherwise, I don't give a fuck. I just hope he dies. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it sounds petty just like, oh, he got what he deserved. But at least um, may, maybe the victim. A little um, Yeah, he's old. He's probably he's 81. He's probably dying anyway. Um, it's too bad this didn't happen 20, 30 years ago when he was in his prime of raping women with drugs. Well, I was going to say 20 years, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, maybe 60 years ago. Bill's an old man, and that's a lot of decades where he was probably just raping without impunity, or with impunity, I should say. <laughs> yeah, he seems like a piece of shit. Um Supreme Court nominee um, Judge Kavanaugh is in the news a lot lately. 
He's been accused of um, some sexual assaults back in the 80s when he was in high school and college, but he claims he's a virgin. So, hell of a defense. Uh... I watched that interview. Like, I haven't really been following the Kavanaugh thing that closely. I'm like, ah, it's a conservative judge, whatever. Um, but I watched that interview, and it was just like, how many times did he say, I just want a... Um, uh, this to be fair. Uh, yeah. It was like, ah, oh. and he went back. It was like he had this script that he had to keep going back to. And then somehow it trended into like his sexual history and he claimed he never had sex in high school or college. I'm like, ooh. I, I'm like, I hope that's true for you because there's going to be people coming out of the woodwork on that one. If people are claiming that, that... you sexually assaulted them and then you're claiming you haven't had sex at all, that's quite the quite the leap to take. Yeah, no, it's a big one. Um, if it, like, it's a big. Here's the thing: maybe it's not a gamble. You know, maybe it's true. Said that, it might be true. Yeah, yeah, he seems like he the type may... of person who hasn't had a lot of sex. No, he doesn't. Not if you not if you see the, if you see those pictures of him from in high school though. Yeah, I see those photos. And I go, oh yeah, he totally did this. He just looks like <laughs> such an asshole. Like I just knew the guys. Like he grew up to he grew up to look like a very um, borderline asexual eunuch type. But back in the day, he looked like just a total prick. Do you think he'll be confirmed? Yes. Okay. Um, why? I think it's. Um, I don't think that there's enough there. Like, there's enough. There's just so. It's become such a circus now right. that I don't think there's any. Like, there would have been. I think if this had just like come out initially, there would have been blowback on people. They've supporting him, but now that it's like. You know, there's like all these people and so many of these are not just like we've had all these accusations and like some of them are clearly just bullshit. And I think it just serves to discredit all of them or maybe they're all true and they all just sound like bullshit. But it's become a farce and it didn't help that it was turned into a farce on purpose. So uh, I think it gets confirmed 51 to 49 or maybe 50 to 49 or something. When, when will the confirmation happen? Does it happen after the election or before uh, I think that the, the schedule, the idea I think was they were going to do the committee vote on Friday, and then they would do a full, and then they would start doing the full Senate stuff on Tuesday. And I don't know if they would be doing, go straight to a vote. My guess is they would not, but uh, the Senate would demand that they all get to go up there and give their bullshit speech where they all pretend like they're, uh, you know, what's his face going to Washington or whatever the hell it was, Jimmy Stewart. Uh, and then some he'll probably get uh, confirmed, uh, I would guess maybe end of next week. And uh, then I think he gets, I don't know when they get sworn in, though. Pretty quickly, though. Okay. So they're going to try and move it along. I'm assuming you, you've heard a lot about the blue wave this year at the midterm elections. Oh, yeah. You know, you hear about that. And uh, look, if he gets confirmed, he gets confirmed. After that, it's whether they swear him in or not. Um, but they're definitely going to hold the vote on him before the elections. Like that's the whole point is that the Democrats want to delay it until after right. the election so that these people, which is what's really bothers me is that everybody knows that's what's happening. Everyone knows. Yeah. And everybody's just like, well, no, we could just we could. Everybody's just LARPing right now. Live action role playing. They're all just playing the role and saying bullshit. Nobody cares on either side. It's just a farce. I don't give a fuck anymore. Confirm the guy. Don't confirm the guy. Fuck off. Do you think it's different, though, than. Um... The, the Merrick Garland one where they just delayed it and said they weren't going to vote on him because, because it was Scalia they, and they had um, a Republican Congress. Isn't that kind of similar? No. no? It's, look, it's similar. You, you can say it's kind of similar and I get where people will be coming from, but I think the big difference is one of them was just open and honest about what they were doing. Okay. You know, it, it's one thing if you want if they wanted, if the Democrats wanted this, first of all, the Democrats can't delay it. They don't have the majority. The Republicans had the ability to delay it doing nothing. Because remember, you don't have to vote. A delay is, I mean, what, what would have been the point to say, we're just going to call them up and just vote no? Like, they, you know, they, it was always their decision whether to confirm him or not. Right. This is, you know, and, and, but again, if the Democrats had just said, like, look, we're doing shit because we don't want this to happen until after November, I would have been like, hey, I get where you're coming from. But when you couch it like this whole, like, look there, I mean, look, if this guy it did not do this shit, what has happened to him? is so awful right. that you really wouldn't, you wouldn't wish this on anyone. I, I mean, this is fucking, like, when people talk about how 
you know, this stops good people from going into politics. This is probably one of those things that does because there right. aren't that many people out there who realistically are ever going to be up for Supreme Court. Right. And if you, you got to figure what it are, mostly a thousand people in America right now. Well, it doesn't take that many of them just go, you know what, fuck this shit. It ain't worth it. I can go work for a law firm and make like a million dollars a year and they'll encourage me to do this shit. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if Kavanaugh is guilty of what he's being accused of, do you think he should be confirmed or do you think they can just find another conservative judge who's got a cleaner record and get him in there? Like, should you have uh, a, somebody who... Like, it's the highest court in the land. It's supposed to be this prestigious thing. They should be pretty squeaky clean, correct? Well, it uh, depends on, you know, what he's been accused of. There's been right. a lot of things he's been accused of. If it was... And the thing is, is that, and I've kind of been... I've always kind of taken the tact of, this could just be a situation where her perception of events is different than his perception of events. True. The truth is in the middle. And if, if that's the case, if this is just like a teenage boy trying to navigate the waters of how the fuck do you hit on chicks? Right. I'm, I'm, I'm a little more, you know, if it really was just that, I'd be like, eh, I'm not going to say boys will be boys. I'm going to say humans will be humans. Like, that's a real complicated subject. I don't know how to hit on women now. I'm 30 fucking five, let alone a drunk 17 year old. Um, but I, I don't really care about people's, I don't, it doesn't really matter to me somebody's uh, moral failings as a person if their logic is proper. And also, but, you know, like, if he did it, I don't know, like, did he do it? Then maybe did he secretly, did he privately repent? And he's just been taking a different stance publicly. Like, you know, to me, it, you, you look at people on who they are now. And so if you're the kind of guy that will say abused a woman in high school, if you've since gone, you know what, I was a fucking dick. I, I'm sorry, I've gone to some therapy or whatever. I am more willing to go, hey, that was then, this is now. But if you're the kind of guy that did that and you go, nah, fuck that shit, that bitch had it coming. She fucking loved that deep dick that I gave her. I'd be like, I don't think you really, I think you're still the same dickhead. <laughs> and we can and find I a suspect, better judge. And I, and I think that there, uh, there may be something to that here. Like this, again, I saw those people. I know these people. I know the kind of people that run in those circles. Absolutely the kind of dickheads that would do this to people. It's probably like... T- text his buddies now and be like, yeah, man, fucking, I can't believe that found Ford. <laughs> Who, can you believe she remembers that one? Like, you got my back, dude. I got your back. Skull and bones for life. <laughs> uh, like, what's the point of being in skull and bones in all these secret groups if you don't get to get away with rape? That's right. Uh, President Trump, uh... I'm on the street, I just realized. Like, I'm walking in public saying this. President Ugh. Trump spoke before, uh, the UN General Assembly, I believe yesterday or the day prior, he said, uh, he actually got some laughs unintentionally. Yeah. He said, today I stand before the United Nations General Assembly to share the extraordinary progress we've made. In less than two years, my administration has accomplished more than almost any administration in the history of our country. And yeah, I, uh, they, and then they laughed at him. They all laughed at him. You know, when I, when I saw, uh, you know, continue. And then he said, I didn't, ex- to his credit, he said, I didn't respect that reaction, but that's okay. And he got more laughs and he laughed. Um, so he yeah. actually played it off, like almost like a, like a George Bush sort of thing, where he actually had some, some humor and a sense of humor and was almost joking around, poking fun at himself, which I was like, wow, good for Trump. He actually played that off okay. It was dude, a little dude, bit I'm, self-deprecating, but at the same time... You put him in front of a crowd, and it doesn't matter what the crowd is. Yeah. He goes into showman mode. Right. And so he's not going to get frazzled. Like, if he got frazzled, that would be him losing. And right. he knows when he's out there, he's got to be cool at all times. Yeah. Also, I, when, I, when I saw the people laughing at him, I actually didn't read it so much as, like, people laughing at the idea of what he was saying. So much as they just kind of laugh, like, oh, my gosh, we got to hear him say his catchphrase. <laughs> like, it really seemed like, like, it really felt like people were just kind of like, because otherwise, why would they laugh? Like, it felt like, again, it seemed like he was just like saying it and they were kind of like, oh my gosh, she said it. He said it. Because you, if you think about it, if you're in front of Trump and he just like pulled out a Trumpism, you, you, you try to laugh. Like if he came to Scargo and was like eating food, he'd be like, this food is the most amazing food I've ever had. The dishes were huge. If he said huge, you'd lose your shit. Uh, people are losing their shit in Porter County, Indiana. The school bus driver is facing charges for allowing three students to drive his school bus. Video surfaced online showing uh, the driver teaching a student how to drive the vehicle. Uh, Parents told the school resource officer that McAtee, the driver, was letting the 
kids take turns driving the bus on the way home from school. Students were ages 11, 13, and 17. Other children were allegedly on board at the time. The school district has lost it, launched an investigation and relieved the driver of his duties. Look, if you want to fuck around in life and have fun, I'm all about that. But, uh, like, the one group of people you can, te- you can guarantee are going to tell their parents about something like this is school children. Like, if you'd rape them, they wouldn't say anything. But, like, kids are going to come home and be like, dude, mom, dad, this bus driver let me drive the bus. <laughs> Oh, it's so dumb. My daughter's 10. She shouldn't be driving the bus. That's good. I'm glad you've, you've made that statement. That's your position in life. 10-year-olds should not be driving school buses. It, it is pretty... It kind of defeats the purpose of a school bus if the kids are the ones driving it. It's kind of... You don't need school bus drivers. Why even bother? Just let yeah, them take nah, turns. You just, uh, yeah, just whoever, you know, whoever gets it at night has to get up early in the morning. We've all been there. We know how this works. You got to move the car out of the driveway if you're going to park. A man is dead and two others are facing charges after a shooting Tuesday night in Bellevue, Pennsylvania. That apparently happened after a dispute over beer. The 32-year-old victim was found at 8 p.m. in the area of... It doesn't matter. He was shot multiple times and taken to the hospital where he later died. Investigators determined 20-year-old Musa Muya shot the victim. Muya is charged with criminal homicide and a weapons violation. Um... According to a criminal complaint, uh, three men had been together for several hours, firing a gun into a wooden ravine. The victim went to buy beer, and when he returned, Muya was grabbed because it was the wrong kind. Okay. I mean, look, I think that if you willingly get involved with a competition involving shooting your gun and drinking a lot of beer, if you get shot while you're holding the wrong beer, I think that's to be expected. Sounds like something out of making a murderer that would happen around there. It also sounds like uh, sounds like a lie. <laughs> it sounds like a guy's like, I'll tell them it was because he brought the wrong beer or so that it was an accident. In reality, Musa was banging this dude's wife. <laughs> uh, Muya later also- shot the victim who ran to the area where police found him. Only thing he said was, I'm going to die, I'm dying, I'm dying, a witness said. That's when I ran into the hospital to see if I could get some help. He ran to the hospital? Apparently. How, what, who the fuck is out in the middle of the woods drinking and shooting a gun, but they're within running distance of a hospital? Uh, somewhere in Pennsylvania, I guess. Remind me not to go to that shithole of a state. Yeah. Will you be watching Making a Murderer Season 2? It's coming up in a, a, a few weeks, I believe. No. No, you gave up on it. You liked it initially, but now you're not a fan. And when all the stuff came out, you realized like, how much they were manipulating things here and there. And, I, I mean, I don't It's weird. I guess what they can do, show the, the retard kid getting out of jail or whatever. He's still I mean, in jail. Okay, then what's the fucking follow-up? Um, There's nothing there. I'll find out. I, I would watch Making Up the Making of Murder. Uh, it says... Um, it doesn't matter. It's coming back, hang on, October 19th. And the tagline for the series is, the convictions were only the beginning. Yeah, no, usually they're not. First of all, they had the convictions. The first conviction was like fucking 20 years ago, you assholes. We know that they weren't the beginning. The entire point of the series is that something happened to this guy. He was convicted and it's wrong. In part two, we have chronicled the experience of the convicted and imprisoned, two men each serving life sentences for crimes they maintain they did not commit. It's going to be some artsy crap, and we're all going to go, oh, really? Like, this doesn't have any twists and turns. This is just you guys speaking about the horrors of uh, abuse that men suffer in prisons. And then people are going to be like, I don't, want to, I don't want to hear about prison reform. This is boring. So you think, you think uh, Steve Avery did it? I don't know. Maybe. Probably. If he didn't do that, he did something. <laughs> and how about uh, Brendan Dassey there, the kid who wants to go to WrestleMania? Uh, I think that kid's too stupid to have done anything, but I also think he's just dumb enough to have been around stuff happened. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and we're at about an hour. You've got to get back to yep. work, yeah? That's all, yeah. Okay. Well, that was quick, to the point, concise, uh, how, how this thing should be. Uh, thank you for listening to MMA and stuff on halfguard.com. Again, I'm Matt. That's Mike. Check us out on Twitter. There's Half Guarded. There's a half-guarded Instagram. You can listen to the show on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Spotify, all over the place. There's a Facebook account. 
check it out, and thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye. Get up, cocksuckers. because it's all over. Listen, we had a rough couple of months. Fucking Katrina's cousin Maria, the other one, Puerto Rico, Houston, fucking Florida. Listen, it's been tough up to now. The earthquake in Mexico, you know, the White House, whoever the fuck is going on. But it don't matter. They want to shoot. It's time for us to fucking shoot, cocksuckers. They want to get down and dirty. Don't forget who the fuck we are. You understand me? We're the baddest motherfuckers out there. You send a message to that fucking North Korean. He's going to be sniffing my dick and sucking my asshole. That's the focus. We're going to North Korea in like a year. It's going to be an island. It's going to glow in the dark. You know why? Because we're Americans, cocksuckers. Who the fuck do you think you're dealing with? Stop with the gun control. They're selling more guns than ever the last three days. Stop with the fucking whining. Stop with the Russians on Facebook. I don't give a fuck. Worry about yourself. Keep your eyes open. And get the fuck off Snapchat and fucking Twitter, cocksucker. Stay black.